Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. And I just pray that you would open our hearts to hear from you and just to receive what you have for each of us this morning. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Shannon. Yeah. <laughs> So, wow, it's good to be here. How are you all doing? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Nice Thanksgiving? Yeah, it's been a busy few days for Donnie and I and families, of course, but it's been, it's been good. And it's a privilege for me to be here with you. Thank you so much for the invitation, Pastor Mark or whoever was behind that. I, I stand here a little nervous and with some like, okay, so this is an honor to be invited here. We love Luke and Shanna. We love lots of people here. Dale was our pastor for many, many years, have learned so much from Dale and appreciate him still as a leader and a brother and a father figure and a teacher. And so anyway, it's just a real, it's a real privilege to be here with you and to worship with you. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in worship. You know, um, I think one of the phrases that we sang was something about him calling us by name. And that just kind of hit my spirit. And I I want you to know this morning that Jesus is calling you by name. Like he knows your name. He knows your name, and he's calling you by name. So maybe just a little demonstration of that this morning. Can you turn to somebody and take turns just speaking their name to one another? And it's a little bit like the Jesus in them speaking your name. Okay? One, two, three, go. I also asked Jesus, I said, hey, Jesus, I said, where are you going to be this morning when I'm speaking? Sometimes I like to ask him, where are you going to be when I'm speaking? Well, I know that he's filling us, right? He fills all of us. He's, he's inside of me. But I also just had this little just nanosecond of a vision that he's sitting beside different ones of you at different times this morning. He knows exactly what's going on in your hearts. He knows how to minister to you. He is so multifaceted. He can, he can go beyond what we could ever ask for or imagine at every moment. And he knows your needs. He knows your needs. He knows your desires. He knows what you delight in. And he knows how to connect with your heart. And so I pray that the Holy Spirit would light up on us in a fresh and in a new way. And really that we would experience Emmanuel, God with us. He's right here. He's right here, right now with us. Our church back at Tri Lakes is praying for you this morning, and um, it's unusual for me to be gone from home on Sunday mornings, but they are well taken care of, and we have amazing people down there, and it's good for the churches to connect. So it gives us life to know that there's a church up here about 30 miles north of us, or 30 minutes north of us, 25 minutes or so, that is loving Jesus and fulfilling his purposes and his call on what you guys are called to do. And so uh, this summer, 
our family was just all yes together yesterday. My brothers and sisters, parents, nieces, nephews. You know, I think there's about 42 of us. Not quite as big as the Stutzman clan. I don't think we'll ever get there, but, you know, we're working on it. When we were together this summer at our house at the lake, uh, our oldest grandson, Caden, he's 11, and he, the, the kids were out on the lake. They were boating, skiing, doing all kinds of fun stuff, and he came and he said, Mimi, these swimming trunks are too small. Can we go get some new ones? So in the middle of that Saturday, when everybody was there, we ran down to Dollar General in Bristol, and I held up some swim trunks. These will work. I think there was only like one or two left. It was August, end of the summer. And I said, they look, th- but they're the same size as the ones you're wearing, but they, they look fine. And so got him, took him home, he put him on, and it wasn't long before he said, these are too little too. And I was like, why did we buy the same size? They looked, this, they looked the right size, but they were not the same size. And then I felt like the Spirit of the Lord just said, sometimes you're bigger than you think. Sometimes we're bigger than we think. And so we still think we're this size, a 10, 12, but actually we're at 14, 16. And there's all kinds of things that God's expecting of us that he trusts us with, and yet we're not exactly sure how to walk in that size. But if you're feeling insignificant this morning or small, or maybe there's some assignment or invitation that's come to you and you're like, I can't do that. You know what? You're bigger than you think. In Christ, you have everything that you need to fulfill the purposes and the promises and the call and the destiny that he has for you. So that's an individual word, but it's also for this New Day Church, this New Day in Vandalia Church, population 301. I don't know if that's changed, but that's what I found out. Vandalia 301, and I'm sure you're not, how many of you live right here in Vandalia? Do you live in Vandalia? Awesome, yeah. And so some of you come from other places, but this is Vandalia, this is New Day Vandalia. You're not in Kalamazoo, you're not in South Bend, but Jesus wasn't born in Jerusalem. He was born in Bethlehem. Jesus didn't grow up in Jerusalem. He grew up in Nazareth. And so if you're ever feeling insignificant or small, connect with him. Get his word over your life and know that the part that you play in the body of Christ right here in Vandalia is strategic and it's important. Sometimes we're bigger than we think. All right? You guys believe it? Good. Good, good, good. So you've been on a series, Grace and Truth, all year, huh? You know, I would love to hear what you've been learning about Grace and Truth. That, that, yes. Does anybody have something, like, off the top of your head or that's really been burning in you, like, this is what it's been about? Run, Mark. And I hear there's a series for this month. The truth is we need grace. Truth is we need grace. Isn't that so true? You know, Jesus came full of grace and truth. And so, yeah, don't we want to be like him? So keeping truth and grace in proper proportion is not always easy. But by the power of the Spirit and continuing to push into who he is, taking the word for ourselves, we can grow up in grace and truth. Sometimes I feel out of balance, and it's like, Lord, bring me back. Bring me back. Bring me back. So one of the ladies at our church recently had an acronym for grace, and you might enjoy this. Grace. 
God's resources available continually and effortlessly. God's resources available continually and effortlessly. Yeah, isn't that so good? Very, very good. Well, the last time I was here for a public gathering, Steve Backlund was here. Were some of you here when Steve Backlund was here? Yeah, it was a good time. He's from Redding, California, Bethel, and just brings lots of joy. Um, it's always a good time to be around Steve. And one of the things that Steve asks, I'm sure he asks this of many leaders, and he's asked me this twice this year. I don't think he remembered that he asked me the second time, but that's okay. He asked, what three seasons, what three words describe the season that you're in right now? And so what three words describe the season that you're in right now? It's a good question to think about, hmm, how am I being intentional with life and what's really going on and what is God wanting to do and stir in me? But as Steve asked that question, we'll come back to that a little bit later. Um, so, so some of the things that I'm sharing with you this morning just simply have to do with where I'm at in my personal reading with the Lord, um, maybe the season of truth and grace that you're in. We're in Advent season and expecting Christmas. And, and so, yeah, it's just like this little, I don't know, cornucopia, if you will, of just breaking off pieces of my life and hopefully they'll impact you in some way. But recently as I was reading... In Proverbs 22, I was reading in the Passion Translation, and you can turn there if you'd like, but Proverbs 22, 17 to 20, I'm going to read to you. And this, um, there's a heading here that says, Sayings of the Wise Sages. Now, we know that Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs, right? But I often think of wisdom that, is, that comes in the book of Proverbs as just simply being Jesus personified. And so when I read this, to me, it feels like this is Jesus talking, Okay, it says, listen carefully and open your heart. Drink in the wise revelation that I impart. You'll become winsome and wise when you treasure the beauty of my words. And always be prepared to share them at the appropriate time. For I'm releasing these words to you this day. Yes, even to you, so that your living hope will be found in God alone. For he, is only, for he is the only one who is always true. Pay attention to these excellent sayings of threefold things. For within my words you will discover true and reliable revelation. What caught my attention when I was reading this is... Pay attention to these excellent sayings of threefold things. Like, I didn't remember ever reading that in the Word before. And if some of you are on the, I'll read a proverb a day for all month long, like, I'm sure you're very well acquainted with this scripture. But the Passion translates it in excellent sayings of threefold things. There's other translations that talk about 30 sayings. And so I don't really know exactly... I. I follow life, but I'm not really a learned scholar, okay? I don't consider myself to be a learned scholar. I'm just a life follower. And so what brings me life, that's what I like to go after. And so this thing of excellent sayings of threefold things, I'm like, God, you're a threefold God. You are, God, you are three in one. You are Father, Son, and Spirit in one. And you said in Ecclesiastes that a three Three strands, a cord of three strands can't easily be broken. What is he talking about threefold things? 
And so, you know, it's holiday time. I don't know if some of you like word games, if you've just been playing word games with your, with your family or if you're into word games, but I just kind of went on this little thing, like, what are these threefold sayings in the Word of God? And so this morning, we're going to do some of that together, okay? Um, Dale, do you remember Keith Yoder, who was a mentor of yours, uh, a leader? Keith would come from Pennsylvania to teach us, and he, I remember him talking about the expression, holy, 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 like three times holy in the word. And he said, that's not just holy plus holy plus holy, but that's like exponential holy. Like we're talking holy snowballing to holy to snowballing to a whole big more holy. And so it's like, it's like multiplication rather than just addition. So these threefold phrases this morning, I'm wondering if we can even think about them as being exponential rather than just this, this, and this. So I don't want Kids Church to have all the fun, okay? We're going to do a little competition this morning. So I've even got candy bars. And I am wondering if you can think with me about times when we hear threefold phrases in the word. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a scripture. I've got 12 of these plus two more. I'm going to give you a scripture and the first word and the first person who can say the other two gets a candy bar. Who's going to pass out the candy bars for me? Are Regan and Spence in here? Regan, do you want to pass out candy bars for me? All right. Here you go. Here you go. Okay, so number one is from Micah 6, 8, and the first word is justly. What are the others? There you go. There you go, Israel. So, yes. He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. All right? Okay, second one, Matthew 7, 7 and 8, and the first word is ask. Who's got it? You got to say it out. And then what? And then what? That's right. Ask, seek, and knock. Very good, Destiny. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. As we're doing this this morning, I'm thinking about Georgia, who recently taught a class on intercession at our church. And she said when she prays, she thinks about seeing her words. Seeing her words. So as we think about these threefold phrases, see the words and let them saturate into your spirits. Number three comes from Matthew 28, 19, and the first word is Father. That's a really good try, Kathy. It's great. I'm looking for two other words that goes well in the name of the Father. Kathy, there you go. You said it. All right. 
So Matthew 28, 19, this is the commission he gave us. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Dale, this has been pretty important to us this year, hasn't it? We have, um, Dale has met with a group of leaders, and I know it's burning in his heart that we are disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Yes. And so we at Tri-Lakes have been looking at if we're supposed to teach them everything that he has commanded us, what is that? So we've been looking at the commandments of Jesus, not out of a legalistic position, but what is it that he says? Because everything that God has ordered for us or the laws that he's given are for our good, they're for our benefit, and they're to grow us up into who he is, into who he is. So, okay, so we need people to respond that haven't yet responded because we don't want every, we don't want more than one person to have all the candy. All right, so the next one is from John 14, 6, and this is Jesus talking, and it starts with the way. Over here, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one who comes to the Father, no one comes to the Father except through me. The way, the truth, the life, this is who he is. Five comes from Acts chapter 3. And there was a healing that happened, and there was a man that th- went walking. Yes, he went walking and leaping and praising God after he was healed. You know, I heard somebody teach about this passage once, and they talked about how this was like a, this was a body, soul, and spirit experience because this man went walking he was healed in his body he went leaping so there was something that happened in his soul his joy was restored and then he went praising God and his spirit came alive walking leaping and praising God that's what Jesus wants to do for us every part of who we are the next one Donnie reminded me of because when I told him what I'm doing he said oh you mean like and I said I didn't even think of that one so Romans 14, 17, this is about the kingdom of God, and the first word is righteousness. Yes, yes. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 13, 13, the end of the, ch- of the chapter that's all about love, all right? So, now abide faith. Yeah, over here. Very good, Veronica. So, and now about f- abide faith, hope, and love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. 1 Thessalonians 5, I might need my water, 5, 16 to 18. If you want to know what the will of God is, it's right here in 1 Thessalonians 5. The first part of the phrase is rejoice. Two other things. Rejoice always. 
Yes. And you know what the third one is? Yes. In everything, give thanks. Yep. Give them both one. Yes. So, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Um, right up here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So often we get wrapped up in this thing as I want to know your will. I know, want to know your will. I know, want to know your will. And there's not a whole lot that the word specifically says about the will of God, but right here. There's one or two other places. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks. You run that kind of a um, rhythm in your life. Won't be problem-free, but it will be prosperous. It will be. It just will be. All right. First Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. I'll, I'll start reading it to you. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit... Yes, Pastor Mark. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who has called you is faithful, and he will do it. This is one of my go-to verses. Like, without grace, we're not going to get it on our own, guys. We have a Savior who has delivered us. We sang about him this morning. His grace gives us the power to change his grace gives us what we don't deserve. But, like, faithful is he who has called us, and he will do it. Isn't that good? So good. Spirit, soul, and body. If you think, you know, there's times when I just feel like I'm just not very spiritual today, but you know what? God's interested in my body. He's interested in my soul. He's interested in my spirit. He's interested in all of who you are. And even now in this moment, I call forth all of our parts to come together and to be whole, that we would be people of integrity, that our spirits, our souls, and our bodies would function well together in the presence of the Lord and with him as our guide, with him as our leader. This is who he is. Is. He wants all of us to be in sync. And don't beat yourself up if you're not, because we're on a journey. But he will journey with you. He is journeying with us. Okay, this one's from 2 Timothy 1.7. Paul's talking to Timothy. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Yeah, do you know the one in between, Lou? He's given us a spirit of power, love, 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 of power, of love, and a sound mind. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you can have the whole thing. You can have the whole thing. Yes, that's right. That's right. Okay. This one's from Hebrews 13. This is number 11. Okay. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. Okay. You choose, Reagan. You just 
decide who you want to give the candy to. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Number 12, and this one shows up in Revelations 1.4, Revelations 1.8, Revelations 4.8, and 11.17. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who and who yes this is our eternal jesus the one who was who is who was and who is to come isn't that good love this eternal god okay so we'll take one minute turn to the person somewhere around you and maybe just talk a little bit about the one that you're remembering that we talked about or the threefold phrase in the scripture, like which one hit you? Which one are you like, I want to be that. I want, I want more of that. So I'll just give you a minute or two. You can exchange. Isn't it fun to treasure hunt? You know, you might not be done talking. You can continue your conversations later. I want to be mindful of my time. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's just fun to treasure hunt in the Word of God. Never gets boring. Can never, ever, ever. Um, it's, it's in, the Word of God is inexhaustible. I told you that there's two more, and I'm not going to have you guess these. Um, I don't even think we'll go to these scriptures, but I want to tell you a little bit about them. And I think that something in both of these, from one from the Old and one from the New Testament, there's implications for the day in which we live. And, and it has to do with the political spirit, the religious spirit, that seems to want to vie for our attention sometimes. All right? The first one in the Old Testament is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the one in the New Testament is gold, frankincense, and myrrh. All right? So in the book of Daniel, chapter 2 or 3, um, yeah, I, think it, I think it's in chapter 3. <clears throat> yes. You know that... These four Hebrew boys that became very um, favorable to King Nebuchadnezzar were Jewish young men who were there in Babylon because they had been exiled. And so the king is looking for these amazing young men to work in his court, right? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are three of them. And <clears throat> they were accused of not bowing down to the king. And the word says, there was somebody that came and ratted on them. I don't know who it was, but somebody came to the king, one of the other astrologers, okay? They pay no attention to you, your majesty. I don't believe that. They didn't pay attention to his decree, but they served him well. They served him really, really well. Okay, there was a political spirit that was in place because Nebuchadnezzar was king and 
he was, it was all about him. Even though he recognized what these men were carrying, when it came down to it, he still had to keep his image. He still had to keep, um, yeah, he had to be in charge no matter what the cost. And I, it was hard for him. You know, he was thrilled. In fact, like, there was this heart change after Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. It's like, wow, this is the one true God. But there was a political spirit in operation. So then there were three wise men that came to Bethlehem and found, I, I don't know, they met, maybe it wasn't Bethlehem because we don't know exactly how old Jesus was when they came. But they came and they found the star and they found the child, right? You know, 600 years before they took that journey was when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in King Nebuchadnezzar's land. And I just wonder if these wise men were influenced by the godly ones back there. Because they were, uh, they were wise, like Daniel. Like he was working among the astrologers, you know? He was working with all of these wise guys. And so these three men that stood in the fight, that came out of the fire, I think they had an impact on generations to come. That once Jesus came, they're like, we're in. We know the prophecies. We're going to come and we're going to find him. And so... They journeyed. How far are we willing to journey? How far are we willing to journey? And sometimes it's the religious people, it's the religious spirit among us that keeps us from seeing the new thing that God is doing. Like, would I, would I have recognized him? Would I have said, this is the Messiah? I hope so. But if we think it's going to happen, if we think his second coming is going to be a certain way, if we think that, that it's, it's the political kingdom that's going to save us, like all of that, it's not true. It's the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of God. And so some of the qualities that we can recognize in ourselves, like in me or in a political spirit or a religious spirit is hypocrisy. When we're pretending to be one thing, but we're really another. When we need to prove something, like, like you have to prove it to me. Like the Pharisees demanded a sign. Prove it. Prove it. Jesus proved himself over and over, and it didn't satisfy them. They were looking to get rid of him. The political spirit carries this thing about ruling outside of the kingdom of God, outside of the realm of the kingdom. This spirit is more concerned about being right than being in right relationship, more concerned about law rather than love. This spirit is territorial and threatened, like I'm protecting my territory, don't come too close. The kingdom of God is not that way. We don't operate that way in the kingdom of God. This spirit carries intimidation and manipulation. This spirit is based on deceit and suspicion. When was the last time you just felt suspicious? You know? This spirit carries offense. I don't know if I can forgive you. 
The religious spirit is form without power. I'm going to go through the motions, but nothing's really ever changing on the inside. This spirit is bound up by the fear of man. Like, I'll do this because I want to look good in your eyes, but not necessarily, God, I want you. Even last week, I was just feeling, you know, I preached at Tri Lakes last Sunday morning, and we were in Matthew 5, and it was the commands, and I'm like, oh, is this being too legalistic? But it's the word of God, you know? It's the word of God. And so grace and truth, grace and truth. And then I found myself this week doing a lot of little things, you know, noticing all the periods that were missing where they were supposed to be, noticing the fingerprints on the windows that should have been gone, you know, just all this stuff. And I'm not saying that excellence isn't right and good, but like, where's my focus? And so I think my invitation this morning is just simply like, let's be people who are free. Free because Jesus paid the price for our freedom. Free to love one another. Free to always prefer relationship rather than being right. Free to always express love rather than the law, the law, the law. All right? So I believe you're a community that loves one another well. And it will be the love of brothers and sisters and across churches that will show the world who he truly is. And so I'm going to pray and then just turn this back to Mark. Mm. Mm. Jesus, I pray that during this season we will bring our gold, our frankincense, our myrrh. I pray that we will open up our treasure chest and give to you what is dear to us and be able to convey with you who we believe you really are. And so, Father, I thank you for everybody in the room. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of the word. I thank you for the gentleness of your Holy Spirit. And I thank you that you are pouring grace and peace on us daily to continue to walk in your ways and to continue to live in an everlasting kingdom. Father, I pray that we would be flourishers in your kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done here at New Day Vandalia as it is in heaven. I just ask for your blessing on these people. And I pray, Lord, that anything that I've said will not bring any kind of condemnation. I just pray that you would continue to bring us closer into your ways. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Doreen, thank you so very much for uh, coming. Thank you, Donnie, for joining us this morning. So much, so much good in in there for us to to think about and to remember. Uh, I wrote something down. This was er, er, early on uh, during that. uh, Oh, whatever his name is. 
asked you what three words describe the this Steve Backlund, there it is. What three words describe uh, the season you're in, right? And that is a challenging question. It forces us to actually look inside of our spirits and look inside our hearts and go, all right, am I emotionally healthy enough to actually recognize what's going on? So just encourage you guys to take advantage of, of that and just step into that. Step into that. Ask yourself those questions. That'd be really, really good.